Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you might be listening from. My name is Vincent, and I'd like to welcome you and thank you for joining me on the very first episode of Holy Forge. The first thing I need to do before we get into the the meat of today's episode is explain what the name Holy Forge is and why I've gone with this name. Now, I'm not sure how you found this podcast, but I thank you for finding me and I thank God that you did find me. So what I'm going to do is go over a couple of definitions of the of the word forge and explain to you how I'm using it in the name of the show. So a forge, the first definition is a furnace or shop with its furnace where metal is heated and wrought or a workshop where wrought iron is produced or where iron is made malleable or moldable. Now, some people might be thinking, okay, what in the world does wrought mean? And what, what's malleable? So um, let me define those things because it, it, it gives clear definition to, you know, the name of the show. Wrought means something that is worked into shape by artistry or effort something that's processed for use, and something that is beaten into shape by tools. That's what wrought means. And the word malleable means capable of being extended or shaped by beating with a hammer or by the pressure of rollers. And malleable also means having the capacity for adaptive change. And so in the context of the show, the forge is a place where we go to be shaped and formed by the mighty hand of God into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the holy part of the podcast name should be self-explanatory, but I never want to assume that you, the listener, know what I'm talking about. You might very well be a Christian. You might not be a Christian. You're checking me out to see what what we're talking about here. So I'm going to take a liberty and define what holy is, because I'm sure people have heard of holy holiness, you know, in relation to church and religion and things of that nature. But what does it really mean when we're talking about God? God is holy. Well, it means that God is pure, incorruptible, and perfect in all of his ways. Uh, God is so holy that we can't exist in his presence as we currently are because we're full of sin and, and corruption and everything that is opposite and antagonistic to the nature of God. Now, let me read a passage of scripture to you that provides support for this definition. Now, this scripture is found in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. And if you have a smartphone with a Bible app, you can use that or grab your Bible if you happen to have it uh, have it near. But my guess is on you having it on your on your phone, since we pretty much all have our phones attached to us all the time. So Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse four says. The rock, his work is perfect for all of his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Now, verse four is definitely talking about God, even though it starts off with the rock. But the rock is another uh, phrase or word or name of God. And we're thinking of a rock. And in this case, the rock uh, 
being a, not just a pebble, but we're talking a massive piece of stone. That's the rock that they're referring to, something that's unmovable, and God is unmovable. But the rock, his work is perfect. The world he made, us, humanity, even though we're not perfect now, and the world is not perfect, but it was made perfect at one point in time. All of his ways are justice, even though we live in a world of injustice. God is faithful, even though we're not. And he's without iniquity, even though we are full of it. Just and upright is he. And we are not always just and we are not always upright. So God is holy. And just going through that one verse alone, I'm able to give definition to ways that we, humanity, are not holy. So that's why we need Jesus to make us holy. It's through his sacrifice that we're made holy and able to approach God, pray to him, ask him to help us, to talk to us, to be with us, to protect our families. It's only because of Jesus that we can do these things. And through the acceptance of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, can we approach God. The only way for us as imperfect and sinful people, as I so pointed out, is through the sacrifice Jesus made for us all. Now, the wonderful news about that is that we are able to be made holy and approach God without shame or fear. And the Holy Forge is the place where we can all come to be worked on and shaped by the one who made us all in his image. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, being made in the image of God, understanding or at least beginning to get an understanding of what that means. Now that I've gotten that bit out of the way, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. Who is Vincent? Who's this guy, you know, I found on this podcast? What is he, you know, what is he all about? Now, I find that like you, like many of you, I'm an interesting mashup of a lot of different things. Uh, I'm, a hus- I'm a husband and father. I'm a military vet. Uh, IT professional, hardcore nerd, and part part-time theoretical philosopher. Uh, don't really ask what that means, but if you ask my wife, she'll probably tell you that sometimes I'll go on weird ramblings about science and the universe and life and meaning and you know just whatever random uh, thoughts I might be having at any given time. Uh, but none of those things truly define me. Uh, as I'm sure for you listening, they don't define you either. My true identity is found in Christ. The intent of this show is to invite you to go on a journey with me, a journey of discovery, of revelation, and truth. Now, I'm not going to sit sit here and tell you that I have all the answers. I'm not going to pretend to. Uh, My goal is to invite you to join me in the process of being shaped into something that neither you or I could ever imagine nor reach by ourselves. It's only by the mighty hand of our maker that we can reach the destination that he has for each of us. So the Holy Forge is a show where you can come and hopefully be inspired to let God work on you to make you, to reshape you through the power of his word, the love of his son, the sacrifice of his son into something better than you are right now, because we can all be better than we are right now. And I I like to say sometimes that we have to spend each day 
each day that we live, trying to be a little bit better than we were the day before, be a little bit more faithful, be a, uh, be more honest, be on time, uh, be more precise in our work, whatever it is that we feel like we're failing and that we need God's help in, we can be better. And one way that is done is by meeting God in his forge. I like to think of God as a as a blacksmith, the, the, the blacksmith who made the entire universe, who made us. We're not made out of metal, of course, and it's it, it's an analogy. And I'll have a few more of those, but that's that's how I see God sometimes. Because blacksmiths are are people of great craftsmanship and skill. They're very creative, and and their artistry is very beautiful. And like, wow, okay, you took this lump of metal that I didn't know was metal and made something beautiful out of it. And God took lumps of clay and dirt and made you and I, and then took all the raw elements and powers of the universe that he created and made planets and stars and moons and comets and all these other celestial bodies and, and, and cosmic dust and things like that. Uh, God is a mar- marvelous creator. And we'll see that we're like him in a lot of ways be made in his image. So the next point is, what is it to be made in the image of God? Now, this is the first part of our journey, and this journey begins with a piece of fundamental information. We human beings, you and I, are made in the image of God. And in order to accept the process of being reshaped as we go to meet God in his great forge, we we must first understand what it was that we were meant to be. Because we're not that. But to understand what we were meant to be, we have to go back to the beginning, the very beginning. So if we grab our Bibles or smartphones again, we're going to go to the very, very beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And we're going to read verse 26 and 27. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version or the ESV. Verse 26 and 27 of Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, there are a few things of note that we should be aware of when it comes to our creation. And these are things that we can see from the book of Genesis. The first thing is that God intentionally made us like him. And we'll talk about what that means shortly. What uh, more specifically, what being made like God really means. We can also see that we were made to have dominion or authority over the entire earth. We we're meant to, to rule. Now, to understand what the Bible means when it says we are made like God, we have to realize what it first does not mean. And that's how I sometimes like to deal with definitions and defining things. Um, personally, I like to reference point is, OK, what does this not mean? And then it gives me the ability to understand more clearly what it does mean. So first and foremost, it means that we're not God or God's little g, right? We don't have his knowledge, nor do we have his power. Uh, We are finite and he is infinite. He lasts forever. We don't. 
now we can dis now we can discuss what it does mean. And this is where we can begin to see how much like him we truly are. Now, first, I'm going to have to give you a few definitions and don't worry, it's not going to be too painful. And we've already gone over definitions and telling you about the name of this, of this show. So the first definition that we have to go over is what it means for something to be in the image of another thing. Because in Genesis, it says in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. Verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. What does that all mean in our image after our likeness? So it means that something is has a semblance or likeness of something else. Semblance means the outward appearance or apparent form of something, especially when the reality is different. And as I mentioned earlier, the reality is that we are not like God in terms of his existence. He is all powerful and we are weak and frail. <laughs> Secondly, we have to define what it means for one thing to be like something else. And that means that something is the same or nearly the same as in appearance, character or quantity, or it has the characteristics of and is similar to. So if you take all those definitions of what it means for something to be in the image of something else and what it means, what one thing's to be like something else in terms of humanity being made in the image of God, you listener being made in the image of God, me being made in the image of God. It means that God intentionally made beings, you and I, humanity that have some of his characteristics. We're unique in all of creation. Animals don't have his characteristics. Angels don't have his characteristics. Insects, every other living thing in this world does not have the characteristics of God. We can see aspects of God in creation, but not like humanity. Now, let's talk about our reflections, because that's what we're meant to be. We're meant to be reflections of him. Adam and Eve were made to be reflections of God. A short examination of our reflections, I believe, is going to help us to begin to understand our relationship with God. And I say begin because there is a point where this analogy I have is going to fail to make things completely clear, as all analogies do. Up to a certain point, they work, and then after that, they don't. So, the reflection, if you look into a mirror, and as most adults know, your reflection is not you. A little baby would look at their reflection for the first time and be surprised and intrigued by it because they're like, whoa, what is that? Is that me? What, how is this happening? <laughs> but we know that our reflections are not us. They have our form and shapes, but that's it. And our reflection can only exist when there's something that allows it to be seen, something that casts a reflection. Your reflection can't exist without you. When you walk away from your mirror as, you know, unlike what it, you know, we see in, you know, TV and film and, and things like that, you walk away from your mirror and your reflection is still there. No, when you leave, your reflection leaves with you. Your reflection can be distorted or blocked from you if there's something between you and the material meant to cast reflection. So if you're standing in front of a mirror and let's say, 
someone for whatever reason is there with a really strong fog machine and blowing a whole bunch of fog, well, you're not going to see your reflection, even though the mirror is there and you are there, but the fog is causing your reflection to not be seen. Or if there's a whole bunch of confetti because you're at like, you know, uh, New Year's Day in Times Square or whatever, you know, you're just like, whoa, I can't see myself in this reflection anymore. And like I said, your reflection can be distorted. And we're going to talk about being distorted images in a, in a minute. But once you get past the similarities and outward appearances, you will see that the reality of the matter is that your reflection does not have everything that is you. It doesn't have a voice. It doesn't have your creativity. It doesn't have your intelligence, your speed, your strength, your dexterity, your humor, uh, your courage, your, your leadership skills, your patience, your love, whatever characteristics, actual characteristics you have that involve interacting with other people or objects around you, your reflection doesn't have. You know, your, tongue, your reflection can have your tongue if you stick out your tongue. But other, other than outward things, physical things that make up you, it stops to be you because it can't interact with anything else outside of just looking back at you. Now, the analogy of our reflections can help us to understand that in terms of being made in, in the image of God after his likeness, one, that we're not God or gods. And this does bear repeating a few times because there are a lot of things in the world that tell you, you know, to make your own God. You are your own God. And that's just not true. In terms of our relationship with God, we exist even though we can't see God. And we also cannot exist without God. God is the force that holds all things in creation together. He is, his will is gravity and holding everything together and in its place. Now we are distorted in our current state because of sin, because of the sin of Adam and, and the curse that was passed down to every man and woman that was born after them. We're distorted images of God now. There's something in the way of us and God, something in between us and God, something that causes us to be warped and twisted reflections, something that he did not intend for us to be. Now, while we do have some of his characteristics and some of his abilities, such as intelligence, creativity, a will and the ability to choose the ability to create things that didn't exist and it, even emotions. Yes, even emotions. While we do have some of those same qualities and characteristics, we don't have the same outward appearance as God. So unlike your reflection in the mirror, you know, God gave us mortal shells, bodies to exist in. And we are, in essence, our true selves are spirits. And we exist in a body to interact with the world and this physical universe that he made. But we don't physically look like God. You know, no man has seen God. So, you know, not yet. <laughs> now, even with the ability to create things that didn't exist, that's only to a certain extent. And it's to a far lesser de degree than God. You see, God made all the raw materials that we must use to make things. He made water, air, the sun, heat, all the forces and, and, and rules of gravity and things like that and lift and thrust. 
He he created all those things. We harness those things to make the things in the world around us. Computers, tables, chairs, cars, jets, ships, you know, uh, smartphones, mugs, baby monitors, microphones, the Internet. <laughs> it's all harnessing natural elements and forces around us and giving us new tools, new technology and things like that. We're just reusing the raw materials in new and interesting ways. I'm sure God knows truly everything that could be made with the raw materials he gave us access to, but we've yet to discover it. And that's why it's taken us this long to discover certain things. But I digress. This is not a science episode. That'll come later. But it is really important to go through all of what we've spoken so far to understand what it means to be made in the image of God. Yes, it's very important to go through all of that, especially the part about being distorted images. And as I said earlier, we were going to get into that. So now we are. So due to the disobedience of Adam, as we see later on in Genesis with the fruit and the serpent and Eve and Adam trying to blame Eve and you know all that. Uh, due to the disobedience of Adam, death entered the world. Yes, brothers, <laughs> it's the man's fault, and it's about time we own that. Now, the details of that whole scenario and, and everything like that, we'll get into in another episode. But for now, we have to accept that, yes, through Adam, the first man, sin entered the world. Scriptures clearly tell us that time and time again. And that results in us being poor reflections of God, not what he originally made us to be. However, we're not without hope. Salvation comes in the form of the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ. And it's through his sacrifice that we can now enter the great forge of God and allow him to begin the process of recasting us into the image of his perfect son, into our new selves. And that leads us into our last topic and point. Supporting scriptures throughout the Bible that tell us that we are made in the image of God and tell us about being remade into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, who is also God. But the first scripture is in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 7. And that says, for a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image of God, image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. And this verse bears reading with multiple other verses to get you know the full context of what it's saying in its entirety. But it does say here that man is the image and glory of God. The next verse is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And we're going to read a few verses here. We're going to read verse 17 through verse 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught him as a truth in Jesus to put off your old self, 
which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And if we focus on the last verse there, verse 24, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And this new self, again, can only be attained through Christ, through his sacrifice. If there was no Christ, if there was no death on the cross, there is no new self. There's no there is no salvation. There's only eternal separation from God. But thanks be to God that we don't have to end up like that. We can make a choice and we must make the choice. It's imperative that we make a choice because there's there's no life. There's no existence without God. Just like our reflection that can't exist without us, we can't exist without God. And I shudder at the thought of an eternity without him, what that would be like. It's horrible. The scriptures tells us how horrible it's going to be. It talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth, which sounds pretty horrible to me. A place of despair and darkness and utter regret and hopelessness where God offers hope, peace, joy, healing, no more tears, no more hunger, no more pain, no more loss. That's what God offers. And that can only be found, that new self, that new eternal life can be found through Christ. Now, if we go through uh, another verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And it says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So here again, we're, we, we find that the new self is the, is the image of its creator. And the new self, again, can only be found in Christ. So this new self, this new image that God desires us to be in is after his son. Because we were made in his image in the beginning, and then we became distorted, twisted, corrupt, impure images something that God would have no part of, but he desired to have a part, well, he desired to be a part of our lives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, a very familiar passage of scripture to a lot of people. God ultimately did not wish to have humanity utterly wiped from existence. If that was the case, he should have let Noah die with the rest of humanity during the flood, but that wasn't the case. And through all the world wars and, you know, diseases that have spread, even the, in the current pandemic situation, you know, God is not wishing that anyone should perish. He's wishing that people would turn to his son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of salvation, the open door that Jesus made for us to God. And this open door leads to, to peace and strength and the possibility of being reforged into a new image. Not the image of the world, not an image that we imagine ourselves uh, or imagine for ourselves, but the image of God. The image 
of God through Christ. It's the only way. And the last passage is James chapter 3, verse 9. My phone was slightly uncooperative with me there. But James chapter 3, verse 9, it says, With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And the it that this verse is talking about is the tongue. Uh, because this this chapter, uh, starting at verse 1, talks about uh, taming the tongue and talking about not how and talking about how not everyone should be teachers uh, because how uh, how important it is and how teachers are going to be judged greater uh, because of you know what they say. So that's what that the verse is um, in context a part of in in the whole chapter. Uh, but we're focusing on verse nine, which says, "With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God." So here, uh, through all those scriptures, we find what we've been talking about this whole episode, that we are made in the image of God, and Christ is the new image that we are being shaped into. So I hope that you have uh, found something valuable in this podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, your time with me. I know I definitely have. And I'm really looking forward to continuing, uh, continuing this journey with you. Um, like I said, I, I don't have all the answers. And while I do believe I have a lot to offer you as far as through experiences and what God has taught me through, you know, my short time here on, on, on earth and how he speaks to me about himself and his relationship with me as an individual, his relationship with all of humanity, uh, how he shows me his glory and power, all those things I know God wants me to share with you. And so this is the medium in which I'm going to do it through this podcast, uh, into your ears, wherever you may be listening to me at. Again, I thank you for your time uh, and I value your time. I know your time is very important to you. So that's why I'm keeping this as short as possible. Uh, all these episodes are going to, you know, I'm going to say what needs to be said and what God leads me to say, but I'll, I'll try to do it as quickly as possible so that you can get on with your day. So God bless you. God loves you. I love you, my brother and sister. And I hope that you will think on these things. Think on being made in the image of God. Think how much like him you really are how creative you are, how intelligent you are, how emotional you are. All those things, all those characteristics, all those things that make us human are some of the same things that God has. He gave us some of his characteristics and some of his abilities. We are made in the image of our Father. Once again, I've been Vincent. This is the Holy Forge. Take care. <laughs>